Hey everybody, welcome back to Going For Two with Jack Taylor. My name is Jack Taylor. My name's Hunter Two. And we are back. Baseball season has started. It's in full swing now as we're headed into Wait, our second. Wait, it's not over? I thought it was over. Oh, man, I wish it was over. <laughs> headed, headed. When, when's football season? You know what? No, it's actually, it's still basketball season until basketball proven otherwise. Until we lose. Oh, about to head into our second full weekend of baseball. And let me just tell you, I know last weekend wasn't just great, but nothing was worse than Tuesday night when we had to watch us lose to ULM and then flip over to the basketball game and watch us lose a heartbreaking basketball game in How overtime. How did he make that shot? That, that, that dude is not a D1 basketball player. We're talking too much about basketball. They'll, they'll, they'll get big heads. That's way too much talk about basketball, by the way. Um so yeah, second full weekend of baseball, playing against Arizona State this week. We're going to talk about uh, last week last weekend against VMI. We're going to talk about this two this midweek series against ULM, and then we're going to get into Arizona State. But first of all, we want to talk to you guys about what our plan for this year is for this season. It sounds um, like it was going to be a sponsor spot, <laughs> right? It's a, first it's a, of all, I want to talk to you about Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> Talk about honey, free browser extension. Okay, um, so yeah, what our plan for this season is going to be? Instead of doing one podcast uh, a week like we've been doing through football season, and just kind of since we've stopped living with each other, um, we are going to start doing two We're podcasts. We're moving like back we're... into it. <laughs> both, both married couples moving in. And uh, no, so we're going to start doing two podcasts a week again. One on. Uh, one that's going to come out on Monday mornings and one that's going to come out on Fridays as usual. Um, but we just like to kind of look back at the weekend and kind of look forward towards the midweek. And then on the Friday morning episode, we're going to look back at the midweek and look forward towards the weekend. So uh, it kind of prevents us from having to talk about like eight, eight games, games in one yeah. podcast, which is what we're about to do. So buckle up and uh, get ready for this episode. But first, we're going to do another ad read. Um, so... <laughs> No, this is going to be a AI motivation, which is kind of what we're going towards this season because we're too lazy to look anything else up. Um, but yeah, here is our AI motivation brought to you by Serena Williams. So champions are defined by their wins. No, that's not what it says. Champions are not <laughs> defined by their wins, but how they recover when they fall, which seems pretty fitting because um, we are falling a lot right now um so yeah there you go thank you serena williams thank you ai for that um thank you alan iverson yeah i just realized that my mom is one of the main listeners in this and i'm not sure she knows what ai means it's alan iverson Uh, it's alan iverson so all right so we're looking back first at these five games that we've played so far and there's a lot to, to pull from these five games. Three against VMI, two against ULM. Um, so we're going to focus on the positives first. We have, we're have we going to break this into two things, positive and negatives. And we're just going to do the, go with the positives first. So you go with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that. All right, so first thing that jumps off the page from the very first swing of the season, very first pitch that our offense saw is that we have a lot of good freshmen and transfer talent on this team. Um, Amani Larry started off with a double in that first game against VMI. We were really, really hot from the start. Um, and with the exception of game one against uh, 
ULM here in this midweek, like our offense has been really, really good every single game. Um, it, it may have taken a little bit to get started in that game three against VMI, but like our offense has been really good and it's headed up by freshman and transfer talent. I mean, um, Bryce Chance and Dakota Jordan have been just killing the baseball. Um, Amani Larry and Colton Ledbetter have been hitting the ball really, really well. Um, and, you know, not, not a new guy, but Slate Alford, uh, finally finding a spot in the lineup. He's hitting the ball really hard. Um, Every time. <laughs> every time i mean hitting a lot of singles but he finally got a home run in game two against ulm and that was really fun to see um uh, but the, the predominant production from this uh offense has come from like i said freshmen and transfers just new guys in the lineup and guys that have not been developed by gotro so um that might be a common theme in this episode as we talk about uh the negatives later on but um aside from hitting pitching has been really i mean there have been some bright spots. I'm not going to say it's been really good, um, but it, it's not been what's killing us. I'll tell you that. Um, so new guys on the mound for us, Landon Gartman, um, uh, transfer from Memphis. But Ross Heifel, not a pitcher. I um, snuck him in there. Whoops. Uh, but Ross Heifel, another another new guy that we're going to talk about. Um, so Aaron Nixon, another guy on the mound, transfer from Texas, who's going to step into the closer role more than likely. Um, Nate Dom. Uh, Bradley Lofton, a freshman, and then Gerangelo Sanchez, uh, Sancha, excuse me. Is that, is that what we decided? Uh, uh, yeah, Sancha. No? Gerangelo Sancha. Okay. Is, is that We're, right? I'm, I'm going yeah. back to our DMs of when we watched him say his own name and dissected it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, um, freshman and transfer talent is going to be the theme, uh, I Sancha. think, for this whole Sancha. for this whole year. So, uh, a really good young pitching uh, really good young hitting, and I, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of the production for us this year. And so, yeah, I mean, I I'm excited about it. We have we have a good young core, and because of that, because it's not the veterans that are producing as much. And I'm not trying to take away from Kellum. I know he hit two really big home runs against VMI, um, but I mean, you look at like guys like Casey Hunt and Parker Stinnett, like. That those should be like the the guys in our pitching rotation or, or in our bullpen that are stepping up and being the like just our go to guys, but they're not, and and it's going to take these newcomers to step in and fill those roles for us to really be successful this year. Even though those guys have been through it all and they've they've been to Omaha, they won a national championship. They they should have the experience, but I, I just don't know if it's a lack of development from our coaching staff or what it is. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah, KC's been the same guy since I've I've seen him here. So right, and and Parker has shown flashes here and there. He got some uh, some starting opportunities last year uh, when we had a rotation that just kept on losing pieces. Um, he got some starting opportunities and just just has not broken through. And so I I have really no faith that either of those guys are gonna are gonna produce at a high level at all so it's going to take these freshmen and these transfers to to really step up and be that guy um speaking of though trying to focus on the positives here in this first part um i really do think that we have found a some some good possibilities for our starting rotation um so drangelo landon gartman bradley lofton and uh kate smith 
all viable options. Um, I know this weekend we're going to see Intima on the mound uh, in the Saturday start. That's really just because we haven't had it. We don't, haven't gotten it lined up yet. You know, it's only been one week, and um, we so that, that game Tuesday, right? So I mean, that's that's not going to be a for like a set in stone thing. That's just for this weekend. Maybe um, goes like eight, no hit. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm definitely not going <laughs> to not going to be mad if that happens, but. Um, Bradley Lofton started against uh, ULM, and do you have his stats readily I can, available? I can pull that real quick. Okay. Um, he didn't go very deep into the game, but I, I really liked the stuff, and he was really hurt by some errors. Um, I mean, he 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 was almost going to work a few quick innings, and then an error here and there by uh, uh, Slade Alford or Lane Forsythe just kind of extended innings and ultimately shortened his outing. Yeah. He went uh, four innings, um, zero earned run, two hit, uh, four walks, um, eight strikeouts, uh, but his pitch count got up to 82. And you, you're right, like, it was getting to, like, okay, this is an efficient inning. He's mm-hmm. out of it. Um, I mean, even in his first inning, I think he got two quick outs, and then um, Did he they got a hit with, with two 19? outs, and that's where the, that's where one, one of his runs came in. I think it's the only run he gave up, and it wasn't even an earned run. And then as soon as he came out of that game is when uh, it all hit the fan and they, they jumped out to a big lead, hitting a few home runs here and there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, if he can if he can learn to deal with adversity, you know, I, I don't see this team changing too much. I, I hope it does. I hope it turns. But, I mean, I think we're going to be a team that's going to commit commit errors here and there. Um, uh, so he's going to have to learn how to deal with those and, and just, just get back on the mound and, and finish the job. Um, and I don't know if it's that he, he gets mad at himself, gets mad at the defense, what it is, but, uh, you know, I, I think he has, a, he has a really good shot to be a good, good pitcher for us. Yeah. And I hope he finds a starting job. Do we want to talk um, about kind of like what we would like to do on our weekend rotation? Yeah. Go for cause, it. cause I pretty much have my thing. Yeah. Okay. You throw Lou and Lofton back to back on Friday. Um, they're just going that that's your two arms for Friday. Nixon can come in if they get it done. Um, Lou has the best stuff on the team. Right. Uh, thank I mean, God he, he's not six foot one because he would be a Milwaukee Brewer right now. He I mean, legitimately uh, 98 from the right side and 92 from the left side. Um, and his changeup is insane from the right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it is nuts. <laughs> it's just, it's great. Go ahead. Like you put him there. I th- I think you let let our two freshmen go, and you have the arms. Let's let's go with it. Cause, I mean, Cade. I love Cade. I loved Cade for like three years at this point. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a waste if you put him out there against someone else's Friday night starter. Right. Especially with like how the the tiers of Friday night starters go. Like, yeah, I mean, I love. He's not going against Skeens. He's not. He's not Paul Skeens. Right. Like he's not going against Skeens. Um, uh, Hunter Elliott. I I know there's something weird going on with his elbow, but I mean, is he really going to go up? I think he may have beat him last year, but <laughs> I think he, Kate did win the Sunday game, or at least was on the mound to be to start it. But um, but, anyway. but like it's just that type of thing. So I think you. Go with your two best arms, mm-hmm. you, or, or your two most, I, I guess, stuff. Um, they're freshmen. Lou gives you something weird. 
Like, I, I trust him. I mean, if he can go get four and then Gartman's right behind him and gets three, you're, yeah. you're really close to having that game done. Then you, then you can go Dom for an inning and Nixon for one. Yeah. You know, if, if you're in the position to. You don't have to waste them if you're losing, obviously. Yeah. And then I think you go Cade on Saturday. I think that's, I think that's a pretty good spot for him. And mm-hmm. then uh, you, you just go out there and you let Gartman battle on Sunday. Right. I really did like Gartman. You had a, I mean, you were there to see him pitch, but five innings and, um, you know, gave up hits, but, you know, he only walked one batter in in five innings, gave up six hits, three earned runs, walked one and struck out eight. And, you know, for a Sunday starter, I'll take it. And I I know that was against VMI, but I mean, he's, he's proven he can be a Friday night starter for, for a team like Memphis who, I mean, they're not, you know, making deep regional runs or anything, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, it's it's a D1 baseball team. Yeah. He's a Friday night starter for him. He can be a Sunday starter in the SEC. I mean, heck, you go out there and you give up three or four. Well, yeah, especially with, it shouldn't matter. Especially <laughs> with an offense like ours. I mean, I, I think Sundays On are Sunday, kind of turning, like it turning back. Matter. <laughs> yeah, ter- so, uh, SEC Sundays are turning back to what they used to be, where you're going to see some 10 to 9 and, you know, 15 to 14 kind of crazy games. And, you know, if you have a pitcher that can limit that as – and for five innings, you'll you'll take it every day. Yeah. Um. So I I I like your plan. I do think it it might be a little weird seeing you know two legitimate starters going like back to back on a Friday night. Um. But you know if that if that's what it takes to get experience for next year, because no matter what, we're gonna have Lofton and uh, Sancha next year. So. God. I mean. <laughs> I I am so happy that the that Lou is good. Like, right. like I, no, and, and what was so funny is that he came in the other day and uh, the day that you were there, came in out of the bullpen and he had slept on his arm funny or whatever. So he was only throwing it from the right side. And so like nobody really noticed, nobody said anything. And then as soon as he comes in and throws with both arms in a game, I mean, I can't go on my Instagram without seeing that some other account has posted. Like, Stephen Schock was the only guy that posted about him uh, about Sunday. He was right, like, wait yeah. until he starts serving with both arms. Right. So, uh, I mean, I saw John Boy post about it. I saw um, MLB, ESPN, SEC Network. I mean, Yahoo, I think, was posting about it randomly. Yeah, I mean, it was... This this dude is has got the star power, and he is... He's got the media buzz all around him. I mean, just imagine if we can make a run. I mean, this dude's getting all the interviews. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's fun having a guy like that on your team. And I, I, I mean, it's it's such a weird thing that I don't even know if like if it starts to not work. Heck, he's throwing with both arms. <laughs> like you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just cool. Like that's pretty. That's pretty neat. I think we can all appreciate that. Right. <laughs> but but all yeah, right. that's what that's what I think at least on starting rotation. Okay, I like it. And like I said, uh, last year we pieced together our starting rotation all year long. I mean, I don't think we we had three weeks in a row where it was all the same. I mean, between Brandon Smith, Parker Stinnett, Cade Smith, Preston Johnson, Pico. Uh, I mean. Everybody, and of course, Landon to start the year. I mean, I think everybody got a chance to start a game last year just because we, we couldn't figure out a combination that was working. Um, I kind of want to look up how many people started a game last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was 
sad. So, I mean, the fact that we have four legitimate guys and, and heck, Intima is going to go out there this weekend. We could we could have five legitimate starters if we if we wanted to. I know Tyler Davis has done it before. Um, he hadn't looked great this year, but I mean, he he's not in his usual role. So, um, I mean, we have a handful of guys that can do it, and I I think establishing a rotation early is going to be important just to you know have rhythm. You know, every seven days you're going out there to pitch. It's it's important to have that rhythm. Um, and all this could make up for a lack of bullpen depth. I mean, having legitimate starters could could make up for that because as of right now, we have uh, Cade Smith, Casey Hunt, and Parker Stinnett that are coming that are that are back from last year's team. Everybody else is is a new guy. So, and Pico, and Pico, who maybe we we might be back. We don't really know. Uh, heard did from he start two games last year. Dude, I don't know. I just remember it happening. Uh, I don't know if they were midweeks or what was going on. But, um, yeah, we, we did hear, or I saw something from Lamonis today that said he's day-to-day, said Pico is day-to-day, and he doesn't expect him to be uh, out for very long, but he will be out for this weekend. So um, that that sounded good. Usually if it's like a uh, really bad injury, we don't hear anything at all. Like with Landon's thing, we didn't hear anything for like three weeks, um, which is – kind of silly um but yeah so pico should be there um to give us a little bit more depth in the bullpen but right now i mean we, we've we've run several guys i think we've seen every pitcher by now um and it's kind of half and half like some of them are really good some of them have have some work to do it is 10 um, 47 and there's a bird chirping outside of my window well there you go <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry. I, I just, I just had had to make that known. That, that, right. is, that is bizarre. Okay, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, next thing I want to talk about, uh, just to to completely switch gears from pitching, is I just wanted to reiterate that our hitting is absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. we we are facing some really good issues uh, hitting right now. Um, with the fact that we don't know where to put. Kellum Clark and Hunter Hines in our lineup, two guys that had over 15 home runs last year. Um, Hines hit 300 last year, and we don't know where to put him. Um, and I mean, you go, you just look at any of our guys in the outfield: Dakota Jordan, Colton Ledbetter, Bryce Chance. Now, I mean, they're all just smoking the baseball, and Bryce Chance is just refusing to be out of the lineup. Um, he he worked hard in camp, uh, like spring spring ball whatever, uh, fall ball, and just straight up earned a spot in the opening day lineup. And I kind of thought that would just kind of fizzle away. But no, he's, he's he's pretty much here to stay. Yeah, I mean, he's here until proven otherwise. But he is um, has the highest average on the team at 474 with nine hits, um, two home runs and a double, 10 RBIs tied for the team lead. I mean, it's 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 kind of ridiculous. Uh, Dakota Jordan, um, kind of finally seeing him put it together in these, in these after five games, he had a deep, deep home run the other day, and uh, you know he's only batting two thirty eight, but has nine RBIs, so yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, Colton Ledbetter, the other outfielder, uh, just doing exactly what we we thought he was going to do, I mean, exactly what we heard he could do at Sanford, um, as we talked about Slate Offer just killing the baseball. Um, Ross Heifel, since he's had his opportunities at catcher, I mean, he's tearing the cover off the baseball, hitting double after double. Uh, Luke Hancock's batting 412, and 
you know, looking like he's going to take over at first base for Hunter Hines. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about when we get to the negatives, we'll talk about why that's so important. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so let me add, Luke has looked like not great and he's batting 412. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I feel like he's, I mean, he has struck out three times in, in five games, which, I mean, for him, that's that's way more than average. Um, but yeah, I, 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 he's got seven hits and three doubles and a home run. Like, <laughs> It, it just it doesn't seem super consistent but and of course he's he's uh got five walks too because of course he does i mean he's got he really does have the best eye on the team and uh we we might not talk like we like luke a lot and we might not sometimes but he's he's going to be a consistent hitter for you i mean he's going to be around the 280 mark by the time that you gotta have him at first base for his defense <laughs> i hate this <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I said, I mean, this is causing a problem and it's, it's a good problem to have. I think, I mean, you, you can't find a spot for Kellum Clark and Hunter Hines because Bryce Chance and, um, you know, Luke Hancock are hitting the ball so well. And I'm not taking he, Dakota out either. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm t- saying. Like, you, I think that Kellum and Hunter Hines could find a spot in the outfield, but like, you're not taking them. Colton Ledbetter out for him. You're not taking Dakota out for him. There's about one person in the lineup that I would take out. And no one else can play his position. Who's that? Lane. (laughs) Can Lane play his position? Where? Oh, man. Well, um, left side, strong side. Yeah, I mean, it's like Hunter, Hunter Hines and Kellum, they could play in the outfield, but I mean, you're not taking anybody out for him. And I mean, even Bryce Chance, like until he slows down, like I'm not even thinking about it because every time he comes up to the plate, he's getting an RBI hit, um, and I, I, I mean, you just can't touch him. So, um, it, it like it's a good problem to have, but it is kind of frustrating. Like you see how good this lineup is, and you're like, how much better could it be with, with a, like a Hunter Hines that has a little bit more experience this year? Um, so, anyway. Um, I, with that being said, hitting's great, but I think the balls are completely juiced this year. Um, we've seen three balls go over 450 feet, which I don't think I've... I, I've watched Brad Cumbus play for three years, and I don't think I ever saw him hit a ball 450 feet, and I know he could. Um, so, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. There, There's no reason that a freshman in college should be hitting a ball 474 feet. Um, I don't know if you that <laughs> right I mean that being said Nico Cavadas still has the most impressive home run in Duty Noble Field that will not change for the foreseeable future um nighttime off Landon Sims nah what are you talking about convinced. uh Frank Thomas uh don't care uh-huh. don't care um uh Brent Rooker hit it into the trees mm-hmm I, I remember that do you? Back in the eighties, <laughs> the days of Rooker. Yeah, and uh, so we won't talk about the errors until the negatives. But uh, one positive is I think we finally, after three years, might have reason to take Lane Forsythe out of the lineup. Um, his his uh, calling card has been his defense, even though in twenty twenty one committed thirteen errors. Um, Last year, he committed four all year long, and uh, he's already committed four. So, I, I think he's we got can... them all out of the way, Jack. 
He's not making another error all season. Some, some could say. So, and, and if that's the case, I'm perfectly happy with it. But um, I, I just think, like, at some point, he's an, he's an automatic out in the lineup most of the time, um, unless we're on some crazy hot streak, and then he just, like, can't help but keep it going, like in Game 2 against Vanderbilt in College World Series. I mean, I think he had, like, four hits in that game because nobody else was getting out, so he was like, I guess I can't either. Um, but, I mean, right now we have Connor Hijack from from VCU, right? Yeah. He's a transfer from there. He's played shortstop for VCU for the last two years in a competitive baseball conference. High he level. Can hit, like, he can hit for power. Like He can run. Just you have to give him a chance. Like the level Lane is playing is not is not good. And I don't know if, if Hijack will be any better, but I, I can look at paper and say that it, it has to be worth a shot. Yeah, I don't know why everyone's like, oh, got to get Mershon in there. Um, I don't know. How about how about the guy that like transferred here to play any position? Um, right. Let's I put mean, him at the Hijack position could, of need. Hijack could be an outfielder. He could be uh, probably a corner infielder. But right now we need him to be a middle infielder, and that's what he has done for the last two years. So... I, th- I just think it has to be worth a shot because you have a talented lineup, one through nine, or one through eight as it is. Like, that nine hole is the only weak spot on the team. He He's an automatic out every time he comes up. And I, 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 I've I seen Lane's ceiling, and it's good if he can put it together. Like, 280 at, at, at the plate and then errorless baseball for months at a time, like in Omaha, like when it matters the most, he was playing errorless baseball, but that's not the lane that we're seeing right now. And if you have a chance to replace a weak spot in your lineup with somebody who could do it better, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Hijack. 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 Um, uh, Had 17 stolen bases uh, last year in VCU. (laughs) I just, I, I don't understand. I mean, I can I understand Lamonis like wanting to get the guys that have that are the veterans. I, I understand him wanting them to play. I I would love for Lane to be the guy. Like I, if he if he was playing any better than he is right now, I'd probably be vouching for him. But like, you just cannot. It's just like Luke behind the plate. Like you can't watch that happen and let it continue, knowing that somebody better is on the bench. Or, um, or like it's, maybe it, just give him a shot. Like, like yeah, if he comes in a game couple errors and a couple strikeouts like yeah just just give the nod to lane like because he's been there before like maybe he'll impress you but i mean I, it, it really is kind of inexcusable to like watch this keep happening and just let it let it go um so i mean i guess we're talking about this in the positives because like there's finally like a time where we can legitimately think about replacing him um i, I think we've kind of wanted it to happen for two years but we just haven't had anybody ready on the bench yeah, or um, we didn't like like it yeah i mean <laughs> like it i don't think it was better except for one at bat in his career um and then davis mesh who uh, doesn't even start for ulm now so um shows how much we can develop talent <laughs> <laughs> yeah he got on base and scored against us lamonis made a mistake um the last positive for the weekend uh, is that our weekend attendance was 33,870. I think it was the highest in the country, but that isn't saying too much because uh, Arkansas 
didn't play a home series. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, pretty much does it. Yeah, Ole Miss did, na- defending national champions. So, um, anyway. Pretty good. That, that's it for the positives. I think, I think, um, I think they've let the Rebs get hot, Jack. They let them get hot. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. They let the Rebs get hot. And they shouldn't have. They, sh- they shouldn't have. Look, we I think we I think Lane Forsythe let the Rebs get hot actually, which kind of sucks. So, um, also, why were they the last team in? I the last time I checked, their RPI was seven. <laughs> their RPI was seven, and they were the last team in. Why? RPI anyway, isn't uh, real. It's just whatever Kindle says. Did Kindle have them in? <laughs> I don't think Kindle had them in. One guy did because we he were, thought they beat Tennessee. We were like one time. joking about like. Dude, Bianca's gonna have like a whole thing like watching the selection thing, and they're not gonna get mentioned. And we really did not not see that coming. Um, but who did? It was so funny. So, it's like objectively <laughs> hilarious. <sighs> Only Mississippi State. All right. So moving on to the negatives for the weekend, uh, of which there are many, but we're gonna try to. Uh, just be realistic, not not trash the team too much. Just, I mean, you saw it happen. Uh, as the listeners, you all, you all saw it happen. It happened a week ago, so it's not like we're breaking any bad news to you. But uh, we had two really bad losses in the first five games. Um, really, really bad losses. I, RPI is not, like, I don't think it's out this year already, and even if it was, it wouldn't be, like, really accurate. Um, so I'm just looking at last year's RPIs and take that what you will. It's just a measure of you know, strength of schedule and strength of record and everything. Um, so VMI had an RPI of 231 out of three, uh, 301, and uh, and we lost one out of three to them. And then ULM had a 179 out of 301, and um, we lost one of the two to them. So both Q4 losses, which I'm not even going to try to explain that. Like That's just the worst kind of loss you can have. They're just the the fourth quadrant. Um, and, yeah, I mean, those are two really bad losses that at the end of the year, I mean, those could really hurt us in our RPI. Um, if, if we keep stacking losses like that, it really will hurt us. But since there's so many baseball games, so many opportunities, and we're in a really good conference, like, we can turn around and they won't really matter. But uh, those will really hurt if we're it, on it the brink ruins, of... Like, between hosting and not hosting. And yeah, like, or between like making the tournament and not like it's not gonna it's gonna suck um well i mean if we handle our business in the sec they're not gonna keep us out because of it right right but i mean if there's any situation really really bad (laughs) if in any situation we're like on a on a bubble those two losses are gonna be circled and um they're, they're just bad losses, but there are several, several opportunities to avenge them throughout the season. I mean, a midweek, at least one midweek every single week. So I think, I think we'll be fine, but there's a lot more. There's a lot of negatives that we have to turn around. And, and first of all, you can't watch any of these five games without noticing the obvious, and that's errors. And I just want to get a little something off my chest. I, I got into a rabbit hole earlier. Um, so we had 12 errors in five games. And last year, which last year's team finished last in the SEC, um, 14th out of 14, it took us 27 games to commit our first 12 errors of the season. Um, We only had 34 throughout the whole year. So 
we've already committed more than one-third of our errors from last year. Um, Lane himself had four last year, and he already has four this year. Um, it is important to note last year was a historically good fielding team for no reason at all. Um, well, I guess there are some reasons, and I'll let you dispute that in a second. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so 2020, uh, 2022 team had a 983 fielding percentage, and for those of you who don't know what that means or how good that is, I didn't either. But the record for the best fielding percentage for an entire college baseball season was 985. Um, so we were probably one or two errors away from being the best fielding team of all time. And that fielding team the, the, had a 985, uh, only played 27 games in a year. Um, so do with that what you will. Um, yeah, for reference, 2021, the national championship team did have 60 errors, so almost twice as many errors as 2022. So, you know, being a good fielding team it doesn't always mean anything. We were just a good fielding team when it mattered in 2020, 2021. Um, so do with all this what you will, but we are on a uh, pace to blow past last year for, for errors. And you know what? If you want to take these two years, these last two years as a sample size, um, maybe you do want to be up closer to 60 errors and win a national championship than have a historically good fielding team and become last in the SEC. So anyway, our errors have, they cost us games on, uh, it cost us a game against VMI. I mean, that, that definitely didn't help uh, in a one-run game, a one-run loss to them. That, that lost us a game, among other things. Um, but it's just... It's, it's not good for our young pitchers who are having to, to throw more than they should. I mean, we've already talked about Bradley Lofton becoming a victim to errors and, you know, his outing got cut short because of it. But it just doesn't help build confidence for your pitchers. Um, your, your fans obviously don't like it. As a team, it just cannot, cannot help you. So um, the errors have to get better. And if it's Lamonis replacing Forsyth with somebody or, you know, for a game, replacing uh, Hunter Hines at first base with Luke Hancock or, Maybe replacing Alford if you have another third baseman. I don't know. But, I mean, all three of those guys have committed several errors this year, and it's just it's just ugly baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Hunter's main argument was that last year okay. we weren't really well, getting I have, ground I have ball. the stats up. Um, okay. 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 So, um, I, I'm not going to look at these stats, like, relative to anything, but um, Preston Johnson had 18 home runs hit off of him. That mm-hmm. seems like a lot. I, Five in one game against Ole Miss, I'm pretty sure. Um, Brandon Smith also had 18. Um, Cade had 10. So, so what I'm getting at here is um, meat, when meatball pitch come in, ball go high in air and either go out of stadium or gets caught or hits a gap yeah so what you're saying is there's not any chance for errors when your pitchers suck it's yeah it's like the three like is it the three true outcomes Mm -hmm. see in 2021 national championship year by the way we had we had really good pitching best pitching i mean Broke the NCAA record for most strikeouts in a year. I mean, really, really good pitching. Um, but when we didn't strike out batters, they were usually ground outs. So 
uh, Lane Forsythe had 13 errors in that year at shortstop. Uh, Cameron James had 14 at shortstop and third base combined. Um, so 27 errors by your uh, the left side of your infield compared to 34 by the entire team last year. So, I mean, it, it really doesn't correlate to a good team at all. But it is crazy to think that last year we were such a bad team and we're almost the best fielding team ever. Um, but anyway, so that that was a that was a big takeaway, um, especially from the weekend. Like the ULM games, I, I mean, they they didn't cost us a game. ULM <laughs> like pitching pitching lost us that game, and then it got ugly late when the, an error turned into an inside the park home run, um, Man, and maybe. Hit. And, and we couldn't, I mean, there was a host of things. It wasn't errors that cost us that. Um, but, I mean, the, you look at the weekend and, like, you couldn't even be happy about the wins that we had because the defense looked so bad. And then you see, like, Slate make a really, really bad, uh, like, host of errors at third and then all of a sudden make this crazy good play against ULM. So, like, if anything, like, we know the potential is there. It may just it's be just a Cameron James. James. It may just be a Cameron James thing, like, if he has time to think about it, he's going to screw it up. But if it's a play like the ball is like a slow roller or something, he has to get it out quick, he can do it. Um, so you're hoping that that's, like, that's the deal. Like as, as more talented hitters come up to the plate against Mississippi State, like they're going to hit the ball. Uh, just, I don't know, just, I don't know, just make it a little bit harder for him so that I have to get the ball out quick and he, it's, it's so weird that that has been our third base thing for the past three years and right. I, I think you're I think we're right like I, I didn't nothing do. else can explain it yeah I, I, I don't know like I, I saw enough of ball the down the size. line grabs it changes hand and throws like Cameron James does that <laughs> yeah I mean Cameron James is a talented guy on defense I mean you saw I know it's not a ground out or anything but like he can track the ball well like into that camera well in Omaha like he he's a good defender he can move really well but it's just when it, he can when he has you, time to think about give it, him one he's just, and it's either he has time to or he, can't he has time to double well. clutch it's it's over with um this next thing that we're going to talk about not not really errors but man I, was I, I could ugly. I could call it an error I wish I could. I an wish error I could go down the stats like as an error. Um, but Luke Hancock, uh, as our replacement to the one and only Logan Tanner, um, holy downgrade! What in what on earth? Our coaches had an entire off season, the, perhaps the longest off season in Mississippi State baseball history. Um, I mean, our season ended mid May, and they had from then until last Friday to figure out who the catcher was going to be. And they chose Luke over Ross Heifel. Heifel, excuse me. Um, hey, Jack, I have one thing to kind of kind of ruin your your thing here. Um, okay. That, that, that wasn't the longest um, off-season in the past, like, four years. Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it, I... I really did say the history of Mississippi State baseball and forgot that there was a year-long off-season a year ago, a couple years ago, whatever. Anyway, so they they chose they chose Luke Hancock to be the to be the catcher, and if it didn't just instantly bite him in the butt, got down and begged for him to come back and be our catcher. 
I mean, just downright guaranteed him the starting spot at catcher. That's the only explanation. Gave him the captain C and everything for catch C for catcher. C for catcher, oh. right? Um, couple stats for you: 11, 11 stolen bases in um, Saturday's loss to VMI. The sole reason that we lost, if if I might add, um, eleven stolen. That is a little league baseball number. I think I think Brian said that on on Thunder and Lightning, and I couldn't put it better myself. That is a little league baseball number. Eleven stolen bases. That's a stretch for a little league game. Um, I mean, it's like I think our pitchers walked eleven batters, and they stole eleven bases. So that's, it's like that's a double. <laughs> If our pitchers walked a guy, he was automatically at second base by those numbers. Um, I mean, they were turning walks into doubles and triples like it was nothing. Cause, and they were 11 for 11. They didn't get thrown out one time on Saturday. Um, like none of them were close. And it was unbelievable. And so, um, in Luke, out of these first five games, Lucas played had started catcher three of the five games, and he has allowed 15 out of 16 uh, stolen bases. Um, and in two games for Ross Highfill, he has uh, allowed zero stolen bases on zero attempts. So it's like they're not even trying against Ross. Same teams, by the way. I mean, ULM had their chances to run on Ross, and VMI had their opportunity to run on him, and they didn't because I and I don't know what the scouting report on that is. I don't even know if there is one. Ross Highfill has never played a college baseball game in his life. Um. I guess he just looked like a catcher. Um, and I know once you get like five or six stolen bases, like you're, you might as well keep going. And, and this could very well have to do with pitch clock or something and like pitchers not throwing over as much. I, I, have, a, I have a maybe another thing about um, the pitchers. Um, okay. Uh, Lamona's kind of, kind of, kind of was like, oh, maybe there's some other things going on, and kind of alluded that the pitchers were like slow to the plate or like weren't holding the guys on. The guys who got stolen were Casey Hunt and Parker Stinnett. They've been here for three years. <laughs> I mean, it, I I don't know. I've never seen anything like that before. And I I think we were two innings into the Saturday game, so eleven innings into the baseball season, and I was already ready for a true freshman Ross Highfield to come in and uh he comes in on on Sunday I went up there well. and changed it got a hit doesn't allow any stolen bases um just to point out frames he, he frames really well uh he did he did have three pass balls to Luke's one so two runners I think did advance because of those um but those are not stolen bases you still don't want them to happen but they're not stolen bases. only one of those turned into a run I think Okay, there you go. So yeah, that I mean that's that's one thing that, that Luke I guess has been doing better. I mean he may be better at the actual catching process, but I'll take my chances. I don't know. Ross. Ross caught that caught that high fastball from uh, Lou. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, I mean it. I know last year, maybe the last two years, I know we've seen Luke come in and be the catcher on midweek games just to give. Uh, Logan Tanner a, a break and Logan would either play first base or he'd be the DH for that game or whatever and if that's the case this year then then fine if Luke wants to catch midweeks whatever um, but Ross Highfield needs to be the the starting catcher on weekends from here on out uh, he's he's proven he can hit the baseball he's hitting got a few he's gotten a few doubles he's fast um, 
He's like, fast for a like catcher. actually fast. Like that that's that was one huge negative for Logan Tanner. Like if he had a ground ball with a guy on first base, it was gonna be a double play every single time. He's about it didn't like, matter. He's about like Hines. Right. I mean it is it's a it's a snail going down the line. But Ross is is not a typical catcher. He can run well. He hits the baseball. He frames. He doesn't allow stolen bases. I I don't think. I mean nobody's tried. Um, so I'm assuming that means that nobody can steal on it. Um, he has the attitude like a Logan Tanner, which love it or hate it, it's it's what your team needs. Um, and I, I just think that. Luke has a place on this team. It may be at first base. It may be as a pinch hitter. I don't know what it is. I don't want him to come out of the lineup, but um, I definitely don't want him behind the plate. So uh, that's unless like like midweek, like once a weekend of a team just like <clears throat> like actually does not run. Like uh, keep keeping High Phil's legs good. Yeah, if, if there's a pitcher like. Um, Sarantola didn't like he he only pitched to Luke Hancock like if it's a situation like one pitcher likes to go as long as he's quick to the plate fine I don't care but who was a lefty the other day that had the good pickoff move uh that might have was it Lofton it may have been I think it might have been anyway um next thing I know we, we talked about it already in the positives I'm not sure why we got into this but uh, Casey Hunt, Parker Stinnett, um, they, they truly just have to get better. Um, they either have to get better or, or they, they, they cannot keep on showing up on the mound. Um, Casey could not throw strikes in a 10 to one baseball game. We were up 10 to one and he couldn't throw strikes. Um, in Did the third inning out in the third inning. Oh my God. I, I really don't think so. He I mean, two innings. He he threw two innings, and then we had a ten to one lead. And in the third inning, he threw eighteen pitches, and two of them were strikes. Um, I mean that that is just inexcusable. <laughs> That's so bad. Um, Parker came in, and he didn't walk anybody, but uh, he didn't he, hit he, the guy. he got he hit a guy, and then I mean they were just seeing everything he was he was throwing. Um, and I, it just, it's hard for me to believe that, I mean, these guys have been there for three years and they haven't improved at all. Um, I, it's, it, this alone, it really makes me think that, you know, Fox Hall has just gotten carried by some really good pitchers in his time. I mean, whether it's Ethan Small, JT Ginn, um, Landon, Will Bedner, Christian McLeod, whoever, I mean, he couldn't develop Eric Sarantola, but maybe nobody can. Um, but, I mean, th- this is just brutal. Like, <laughs> he can't develop these guys, and I- I'm just one- starting to wonder if it's him. They haven't uh, looked different. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, like it yeah, doesn't it's like, matter. It's, not, it's the... they're, not, they're not changing anything. You know, he's changed the roles that they've come in, like whether it's starter, reliever, closer, whatever. Because I think we kind of saw Parker in the – semi-closer role in some games that Landon wasn't in in 2021. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, you can try to change the role, but, I mean, if the stuff's not there, it's just not going to happen. I've also, it's it's weird on Parker, because he gets seen, like... <laughs> right. I like, mean, Ivan Melendez <laughs> saw that one really well in, in Omaha. Through the rain. Um, in the rain. Shouldn't have been playing, by the way. Um yeah, I just I don't understand. 
I mean, I would love for Parker to be good. I don't really have any connection to Casey Hunt, but I would love for Parker to be good just because I feel like I saw some flashes in 2021, but since then I just haven't. And It's been the same it's, thing. It's been the same. It's, it's a very much like a Fristo thing. Like you saw flashes here and there that were really, really good, but it just never clicked for him. That's another one. Like you look, you turn to it and say like, he might be a really good MLB player in the future. And we'll look back and see that Foxhall just really couldn't do anything with him. And I'm not trying to put it all on him, but I mean, this seems to be the common denominator. Um, and I mean, <laughs> I just don't get it. Jeez, Parker was good in 2021. He really was. I mean, I remember a dominant outing with him against Ole Miss in game three, I think. Um, he at least came in and put out a fire. He might have started the fire, but he put it out. Um, so, next up, I, I, I know we talked about him as well in the in the positive section, but uh, Hunter Hines and Kellum. Uh, so, going forward, if you had to pick one, which one would you want in the lineup? And this is... Just as a DH? Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. so so no defensive shortcomings from either of them. Um, Both left-handed bats, by the way. Killam can run, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't really like how many times I've seen Hunter Hines be the third out of an inning on the base paths. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't really enjoy that. Um, yeah, you don't like Hunter Hines if the ball's not out of the stadium, do you? No, you don't. Do Do you like Kellum? Kinda. Kellum, yeah. I mean, Kellum shoots the gap more than I probably realize. Uh, he also slapped a few singles in the first series, so like I think you have a more complete hitter in Kellum. You have more home runs with Hunter and a better average with Hunter. But you're it's it's feast or famine with him. I mean, it's either a strikeout, which is a not a productive out, or a home run. And so at this point, they're kind of going to be low in the lineup with how everyone's hitting. So right. like, do you really want Hunter Hines coming up and, and then behind him to be Ross Highfill Lane? Right. Like, I mean, that's that's one of those. Is a it's an, it's important to note both of them have had clutch home runs in their career. I mean, Kellum, obviously, in Omaha, and um, I think in, in maybe the regional in 2021, and, and a few times last year, had a few, and then Hunter had some really big ninth-inning home runs last year, uh, and, I mean, say they don't matter if you want to, but, I mean, they're SEC games, and, you know, and he he had the pressure of trying to stay in the lineup as a freshman, so, I mean, there was pressure for him, at least. Um, both of them hit big home runs in their career, Um so, I, I mean, like both of like I I like I would I, mean, lo- I would like I said it's a good problem to have to to try and figure out where these guys will fit in your lineup but um, I mean the the fact that they both have like this clutch gene with them I mean you, you don't hate to have them as pinch hitters in, you know, in your back pocket but um, you know I and and I, I keep going back to like I mean surely we'd rather have Hunter Hines in our lineup than Luke Hancock but. I mean, because Hunter's gonna have or has proven that he can have a higher average than than Luke. But the thing is, you know, Luke has productive outs, whether they're sack flies or, you know, just 
I don't know, not striking out. I can't Hunter, believe that I, we cannot get our possible SEC player of the year in our lineup is basically yeah. what you're... <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Hunter had 60 strikeouts last year to Luke Hancock's 20, 25, something like that. So, I mean, it's almost three times as many strikeouts for Hunter. And, you know, it. I just I don't know if that outweighs, you know, what what Luke can bring to the table with a 275 average. Which one um, between Hines and Kellum would you rather have? Uh... I think, I think Kellum. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even, the, the bats are kind of, because like, I mean, with how they talk about Kellum, like you look at him, that, that, that's, that's a baseball player, like, right. like, like future big time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how he can't do what Heinz does. Um, right and be able to run yeah and at the end of the day i mean right now we have three play or four players that are hitting over 390 uh ledbetter monty larry luke hancock and and bryce chance um yeah at any point one of those guys could go ice cold and it, it's going to be great to have Hunter Hines and <clears throat> and kill them to back those guys up when you need them obviously neither of those guys are can take over second base and hopefully they don't have to come in for Imani at, at any time. Uh, but I, I just, I think it's going to be important to have them or somebody of if equal power and equal uh, opportunity. Aaron Downs, right. There you go. Aaron Downs. Uh, hopefully we, we see him at DH very, very soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's going to be important to have big names like that and, like I said, I keep saying it, but it is a good problem to have. It's a it's a problem we didn't have at all last year. I mean, Jess Davis was our big name coming off the bench. My God. Um, so, what about uh, Vaughn Siebert? What about the guy that's like at uh, Delta State right now? Oh, Matt Quarter. He hit the first home run of the year for Mississippi State and just disappeared. Um, hopefully, he. Bryce Chance doesn't take the Matt Quarter route. Nah, he's a junkyard dog. Yeah, he already has twice as many home runs as Matt Quarter had. He has that Stetson Bennett DNA. <laughs> Can't I keep him down. Can't keep him out of the lineup. Um, <laughs> one last thing for Mississippi State in these first five games, which I know it, we've taken a while to talk about these last few games, but that's going to be fixed when we start doing two episodes a week. Um but it, probably the most important note of the week is that uh, I think our team accidentally mixed up our midweek uniforms with our weekend uniforms. Um, we, we started out hot with the maroon 85s, and then just it, it all hit the fan when we turned out some white MOGRS hats um, with a white script state and then just followed it up with a softball-looking uniform and had a white MOGRS hat with... A black state script jersey. I mean, it was. You saw it in person. You saw it before anybody. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. And people were talking about how like how fire it was. Um, no. Uh, like if you're gonna if you're gonna wear black, just wear the the like all black uniforms that we've but worn. The in the people past hated years. those. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like if you're gonna wear black, just fully commit to it. We don't need white batting helmets and white hats. I don't understand the white helmets. What? I don't understand the white helmets part yeah, of it. That that's white what pants like is a... white pants. Okay, people thought the black pants looked like softball uniforms. 
I would argue that they both look like softball uniforms, and we should wear something like white pins, white 85s, anything else. I would argue that the white batting helmets looks way more like a softball team. But yeah, we we come out in the midweek against ULM, and we have white 85s and then white pins with the M over S on the like pocket little little pocket tee kind of thing. I mean, it was they it's like they they just mixed them up on the schedule or something. It was really really weird. The black hats were so good for the. Uh, I, know, I know, and with black batting helmets too. Um, so yeah, I don't understand. Hopefully that gets sorted out. Hopefully, I mean, usually they they kind of listen to fans on Twitter, right? Like unless it seems like undefeated. They like unless, them. Unless the fans are like. Or unless teams like undefeated in them, they won't change it. But I don't know. People, I think they got Jack. A, I think they got an equal amount of hate and love, though. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, we're gonna move on from that to a few things happening around the country, and then we'll finish off with our Arizona State preview that uh, Hunter has constructed for us. So, not too many things from around the country this first weekend. But Hunter Elliott, uh, Friday night starter for Ole Miss. Maybe. Maybe, maybe um, yeah, weird. there's 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 an MRI going on, a big threat of him having to go under uh, uh, undergo Tommy John surgery for his UCL. Um, I really do hope that's not the case. I mean, I, I we've seen it happen with an LSU pitcher and an Arkansas pitcher. Saw it happen with Landon Sims last year and countless pitchers in the MLB over the past few years. Um, I hate to see it happen, and from a competitor standpoint, I hope Hunter Elliott is healthy and pitches next weekend and goes lights out. I really do. Um, and if he just happens to miss, you know, Super Bowl Dog Weekend, so be it. Um, I mean, I think he should just take off until after Super Bowl Dog Weekend and then just uh, have that Mamba mentality. Uh, right. Don't let him keep you out of the lineup. And then as, as soon as the postseason starts, I, I maybe I, just... It's time to rest it. You know, the maybe insurance premiums go up. Precaution. Uh, you're getting for, laid into it. Right. I mean, you don't want to be out for that first full year of minor league ball. Um, they say that's 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 what you that, don't want to miss. They say that's where all the money is. Um, so yeah, I, legitimately, I hope Elliot is fine. I hope the MRI comes back Seems with great like results. Cool dude. Um, you know, I, it doesn't sound good, but I mean, crazier things have happened. Uh, another thing, um, just. For Mississippi State fans to prove that we're not the only team that has lost an embarrassing game. Uh, Vanderbilt, Florida, and Texas A&M all dropped midweek games this week. Vanderbilt, I think, to Central Arkansas. Florida to South Florida. And then A&M lost to Lamar University, I think. Um, none more embarrassing than Florida, who had an 8-3 to lead in the ninth inning and then proceeded to give up seven runs. And uh, so they lost to South Florida. Um so yeah, I mean that was a just just to prove to you that we lost to ULM, we lost to VMI, but we're not the only SEC teams that lost, and all these three teams are ranked. So um, there you go. We don't have to feel too bad until they didn't those... finish last in the SEC last year, right? So they, things are looking up for us. All right, so finishing off the episode with our Arizona State preview. This is obviously our our first. Major test for the year. Uh, a, a Power Five team. Um, they were equal with us in, or right there with us in RPI last year. We finished 106. They were 102. 
So, Hunter, what do we have to expect from Sun Devils this weekend? Okay, so Friday. Um, well, let's just, let's just get it. So they they weren't very good at pitching last year. Um, they mm-hmm. went in, they went out and brought in three new starting pitchers. Um, Which is crazy. Yeah, they're all supposedly on uh, pitch counts. I think it's around sixty, but of um, innings start being weird, they'll they'll go ahead and pull them. Um, the first guy that we're going to talk about, he did get pulled after like two and a third, okay, because um, he was up at forty four pitches and the inning was just a little weird. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, first guy is Ross Dunn. Uh, he's he will be their Friday night starter. He was at uh, Florida State. Um, okay. He's a guy that we wanted in the portal. Um, big time lefty, six foot three, two twenty five. Big guy. Um, his his off speed stuff from from what I can tell looks crazy. Like if if we touch it, um, I'm gonna be kind of impressed. Um, yeah, he he would. He's gonna eat our big lefty bats lunch. <laughs> like I think that I think that's just what's gonna happen. So yeah. I hope we, you know, put put downs in the DH. Could be could be kind of fun. Hopefully it's it's a big <clears throat> moment for Amani, Larry, and Dakota to shine. Yeah. Uh. But but. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> at Florida State in 2021, he had. Uh, 12 innings pitched, a 2.13 ERA with 15 Ks, and we'll be throwing Cade um, Saturday. They have Christian Curtis, um, a six foot five right-hander from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, he appeared in five games last year for A&M. Uh, he had 15 strikeouts, uh, the 1.42 ERA. Uh, <laughs> It was all midweek stuff, but as we know, midweeks aren't that easy. <laughs> like, that, that's... I mean, really? really. Like, I, I mean, he, he seems good, but um, big righty there. I, it, it's it's really impressive how they brought in guys. Right. <laughs> and, I don't understand. And, like, not just, like, big-time guys, but they're, like, big guys. Like, they're, they're all over, like, six foot three. Yeah, the and then their last guy, um, their Sunday starter, is a left-handed pitcher, uh, six foot two, from the University of Florida. Um, I, I'm not really too sure on him, as uh, I, I, don't, I don't really know what to do. I tried to, like, look up some stuff on him, but Arizona State's website has, like, five paragraphs about him it's like going through every game it was like stranded his lone inherited base runner is like one of the things um this seems like some like html like scraping gone wrong and this is just wrong data so i didn't really pull much off of that but we'll we'll have we'll have gardman going up against him so right and with it being so early in the season it's really weird None of them have allowed a run, so that's good. But, yeah, but they've all gone like three innings. So, yeah. yeah, I'll be interested to see how they manage. You mean know, if what what their pitch counts? If they extend them a little bit more in a game like this, or uh, if they stay strong to those? Because I know I'm sure every coach would kind of prefer to have those pitch counts, but when the, the heat of the moment, you know, and you have a chance to get out of a inning against Mississippi State, you know. 
if you're going to extend them, that's I'm kind of excited to see what goes on there. Yeah. And then what about from their offensive side? What do we have? Um, from the offensive guys, well, I'm just going to go as a team here. Um, they're batting 322 with six home runs, 18 RBIs, four of six on stolen bases. Um, so you so you hear that 322 um, batting average for the mm-hmm. team? Like that's pretty good, right? Like, wow, yeah. they're they're probably well rounded. Um, no, only two guys have a batting average of over 300. Um, it is freshman, I believe he's shortstop. Luke Hill is batting 636. That doesn't seem real. Um, and then uh, Wyatt Crenshaw is, uh, I think he came over from Colorado Baptist or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's batting 571. So this team is just a whole lot of new. And it's like, it's like, I think last year we were trying to like talk about teams and it's like, well, now everyone's just a new team. So like, You'd have to like look at where they were in their old teams, lineups, and everything. So right, yeah, and that, I mean that's why the RPI for them probably not as important because I mean the, every they, they every ended, player they, I just named they is. ended around us last year and you know, right right at the um, right around a hundred, but brought in a lot of talent just like we did. You know, I I think we're a better team than we were when we finished last year. Um, but just to throw some RPI numbers out there and just to tell a little bit about what Arizona State has done this year. Um, so their first series, they swept San Diego State, who was an RPI 220 out of 301 last year. Um, they Their scores, 6-5, to 5-3, five, five to three, and 1-0. to zero. So 1-2 to two runs uh, per game. That's what they're, what they're winning by. Not really scoring too many runs either, like we were last weekend. Um, against like a similarly bad team, by the way. Um, UNLV. That's so that was their midweek game this past week. They uh, they're an RPI of 111, so right around us in Arizona State. They beat them in the midweek, so they're they're four and zero on this young season. We're three and two. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think this is like I said, this is going to be our first like for real competition, a real challenge. Um, and I I this would be a big series win. I mean, even winning two out of three. I mean, it's it's really important. Um, and Man, it would just be so much fun to win this one. Um, Arizona State's a team that I—I I mean, I think in the past probably decade, you know, you think of, you know, baseball in the state of Arizona. It's, it's Arizona, the, the Wildcats. You know, it's not Arizona State, um, but I think historically they're they're the better team. So, um, you know, maybe they're on the up and up, and that'd be kind of fun. You know, a team coming back to their to their prime in baseball. So, all right, well. Uh, Jack, I have one question for you about um, their shortstop, Luke Hill. Okay. Um, surely he went from Baton, Lu- Baton Rouge to Arizona State for the education, right? Ooh. <laughs> Probably so. If only there was like eight teams around you, that would... I don't know. <sighs> it's for the education. Though, for right? the education. All right. All right. So we're going to move into some Instagram questions to, to finish out this episode. And just to remind you all, we are going to start doing two episodes per week. So we're going to need Instagram questions um, on Sunday nights and on Thursday nights from now on. So we'll definitely post a question prompt. But um, 
we do want to keep on making sure that you know our episodes always end with Instagram questions. So thank you all for sending these in, and uh, we've got a handful of them here. So we'll start with unofficial Hill State. Um, who's your weekend starters for baseball? So Hunter went through that earlier. Um, obviously, that's not what's going to happen this week. But um, yeah, we kind of like the the Gerangelo to Lofton on Friday night, Cade Smith, and then Gartman as it stands right now. So. All right, next question is from Brooks Taylor. What's your lineup and weekend rotation after these first five games? Uh, just answered that. So, we'll, um, you mean, do you want to get into the lineup? Um, let me go. Uh, I know we were texting a lot today about this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we just answered the part about the rotation, and me and Hunter kind of did draft up what our kind of ideal lineup would be, especially going against these certain matchups this weekend. Okay, so I had um, Larry Ledbetter. Dakota, Slate, Chance, Luke, Aaron Downs, Highfill, and uh, Husack at shortstop. Okay. I like it. Yeah, that's, that's, what, where, that's what we got right now. All right, next question is from Football Freddy 17. Oh. Um, that's, that's not a question, so we're not going to answer that. Um,. Next two questions are going to come from Courtney Taylor. Uh, is there still hope for this season? Uh, I think there is, or else I wouldn't be talking about it. Um, you know, last year it got so hard to have a podcast about this team, so we just didn't. Um, we we stuck it out longer than most would have, but man, that got brutal. But yeah, I, I still think there's hope. I mean, as long as this as we have this young talent. I mean, last year our young talent was uh, a grad transfer named R.J. Yeager. So um, <laughs> that was all we had to look forward to. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's definitely still hope. And then Courtney also asked, what game are you most excited to go to? Um, I think the obvious answer is uh, Super Bulldog weekend against Ole Miss, but I think I'm going to the Southern Miss game in uh, Trustmark Park next week and uh, also going to the Vanderbilt series in – um, late March, so that's you gonna go to the Ole Miss game in Pearl as well. Ooh, probably so. Where where our season ended last year, and where Ole Miss is just began. Uh, yeah, I kind of kind of want to see the Arkansas series. Arkansas series would be fun. I don't know why. I mean, why are you I don't really know why we chose. Why are you going to Vanderbilt? the Vanderbilt series? I don't know. It was just in March, and Courtney had a day off. So, dude, I think I have a day off. Ooh, come to the Vandy series. I could. All right, uh, question. I think the first time asker, Alan Follis, asks, how many years until Jans takes us to the Final Four? Sadly, I, I don't think it's going to be enough. I think he'd be poached before he ever takes us to a Final Four. Well, I mean, it's. I wouldn't use years to, to say how, how soon it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. If it doesn't happen this year, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be upset. No, um, I, I don't know. I would, I'd love to to keep him around long enough to see what like his recruiting classes could be like, um, but, I mean, especially with Ole Miss and the shape they're in, like we could really dominate the state, and and really have some good 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 teams. But are there basketball uh, players in the state? There's there's several, <laughs> just there's a couple, um, but yeah, I, 
I mean, I don't have enough faith to say that we're ever going to go to another Final Four. So, um, and then the last question comes from Duncan Helms, seventeen. Uh, how would y'all go forwards with the Heifel Hancock Hines chance thing? Start Heifel. Well, definitely, like most obvious thing on here. Start Heifel. Start Chance. Um, Hancock stay at first, and then Hines. Um, DH when we're going against a right-handed pitcher and pinch hit when you can, and just selfishly hope for one of these guys to to cool down at the plate a little bit. Or like if you're if you're get Hines, good at if you're, first, get get good at first. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that is it for the Instagram questions today, and that is it for our podcast. We hope that um, this weekend uh, brings us a little bit more. Uh, you know, excitement and gets us a little bit more um, optimistic for the upcoming season. Um, we are super excited that you guys listened, and uh, we can't wait to bring you another episode on Monday morning. So thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. You think Luke's listening to this right now? He a fake for real, for real. He DMs us all the time, but never asks us any questions. Shame. Shame, shame, I know your name.